Michael Miano from the Blue Point Bible Church, and I am joined with Derek Lambert. What's going on? All right. Here we are at the Power of Preterism Bible Conference happening at the Blue Point Bible Church. I thank you for listening. I thank you for all of those that attended the Bible Conference here at Blue Point Bible Church. And we're excited to just tell you about some of the amazing things that God has been doing through this conference and what we look to see happen in the future. So, uh, Derek, what, what, did, what are some of the things you thought about with the conference? Unity, brother. Unity. Yeah. Uh a lot of people you meet in person, you didn't, you know, you, you had all these presuppositions <laughs> of who they were or what they were. And it made me realize in our, if you will, diversity, we can have unity, university. And so um, I think that it, it's a powerful movement is going on when we meet in, per, in person that it's going to keep growing. This, I never experienced anything like this. You know, this was definitely a life changing experience for me. Amen. I'm actually going to grab my bulletin here. already forgot my speakers. Um, <laughs> all right. So just let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happened at the conference. And obviously, we have a video that's going to be made available to anybody that's interested. Uh, we have uh, a lot of pictures already making their way all over the Internet. And I even quoted Norman Neal earlier today that the Word of God does not need to be interpreted. The Word of God indeed stands alone. However, uh, so on Friday night, Friday night we started. Obviously, we've had worship from uh, the, the worship singer here at Blue Point Bible Church. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful songs, and you know Joe kicked it off talking about the deity of Christ, body uh, slam, and body. <laughs> amen, amen. So what, tell me some of the things you thought about that. What do you think of Joe? Oh stuff? my goodness, uh, Joe, he did an excellent job. He brought in some uh, some uh, stuff I had ever, I've never even heard of. The targums. Hmm. I mean, I'd heard the word, but I didn't understand what that even was. I was thinking a targum. What's that like? Uh, an old melody or, you know, like I didn't even have a clue what a Targum was. And so Joe came on and he explained that, uh, you know, what the word was. And he went into some extreme detail. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's going to listen. Um, but it, it does go very deep and it goes into the deity and so forth. And uh, I thought it was amazing, brother. Amen. I would recommend uh, everybody that, that is listening, everybody that came to the conference, I would recommend going to tfcmag.com and 
spending some time reading through some of the articles. You know Joe Daniels happens to be one of the top five guys that are read on TFC Magazine, making me a little jealous, but, you know, it, it happens, and he has some amazing articles on the deity of Christ that can be found at TFCMag.com. Top five? He was five-time world champion. Nah. <laughs> Amen. You know? So what did you think of uh, Herman and Nudix? Huh? That was uh, a surprise. You know, I, I definitely was shocked. The night I came in, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but when we came in here, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to make me say that? <laughs> I blushed. I'll let you know. I blushed. I had my moment. I was like, oh, man, I got to go outside the hallway. <laughs> you turned it down. <laughs> I was like, why me, Mike? Why me? Well, I, I uh, can't get to it, so, you know. But, <laughs> hey, you're, you're hosting this, man, so, you know. Um, another thing obviously happened on Friday night was uh, w- one that I think will be interesting to a lot of people on the internet. I already saw some buzz about it was um, our deacon here at Blue Point Bible Church, Ed Silsby. He presented why he hates preterism. And, you know, a lot of the people online, I noticed already, we posted a little bit of detail about the conference and people are already, well, I'm interested in the negative stuff. I want to know, you know, why does he hate preterism? And I was like, yeah. you know, all the great stuff. We had the deity of Christ exalted. You know, we had this comedic stuff and yet everybody was more concerned with the negative why somebody's going to hate preterism yeah you know all the futurists are going to jump on Mm -hmm. you know what i encourage every futurist out there to get on there and you know take that hate and listen to why he hates full preterism (laughs) amen amen (laughs) i uh you know i'm sure we're going to hear a lot about the helicopters you know i happen to like the helicopter view (laughs) as well but it just doesn't seem to coincide with what the first century would have uh, thought what about the grasshoppers you know what i'm saying that could be another one you know, I, I personally like to go fishing. I go, you know, finding grasshoppers and stuff. You get up a whole bunch of grasshoppers. Why not look at that, you know, something to go with that? I mean, I don't know. Helicopters and so forth, you could tie all that in. This is just some funny stuff, man. I, I think it's great. Um, and then obviously we had a presentation, video presentation from Don Preston. My, my thing with that, what really I loved about Don's presentation was that a lot of times we know that Don could speak kind of over everybody's head. You know, he uses some words. uh Obviously, hermeneutics is even one of those words, but now we, I think we've, we've created a funny way of remembering hermeneutics, um, those that erroneously have uh, translated some of the Bible, you know, and we, we've seen uh, hermeneutics. I've read a lot of their, uh, their comics, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of times it seems that they have some controversy in their uh, discussions. Oh, yeah. There's some funny I'm, – I'm, he does all these cartoons. For those who don't know, I didn't know who they were. Uh, they have a cartoon going on, and uh, I'm going to take some home to the wife. Hopefully she takes it funny because some of them are a little, uh, you know, are you 18 years or older, you know? And um, well, it's Canada, we're talking about the Canada is also responsible for South Park. So, you know, true. I kind of I, I knew that when they told me they were going to do comedic acts, I said, uh oh, you know, this is going to be kind of stretching here. But so real quick, Don, Don, his presentation was simple enough that. I really believe that he compels us to become missionaries in that video, that he compelled us with the power of preterism. He actually yeah. said it about – I wasn't counting. It, was, it had to be at least 25 times yeah. that he said the power of preterism, the power of preterism. And uh, I definitely think that he, uh, he compelled a lot of people that were listening, and I'm sure a lot of people that subscribe to the futurist position would even be compelled by what he had brought forth. Oh, yeah. Um, the most powerful thing is, is it's a solution to the problem, Amen. you know? Um, what we were hearing, and I won't go into detail about the debate too much, but what we were hearing is even with the whole confusion that was going on from you know the other side, is there's still a doomsday to come from their approach, and it's you don't even know, we don't even know. That's the idea, you know. That's that's still scary. That's still like, whoa, what? Hold on, what? You know, 
And so what what Don did is, and I love how he always approaches things. You know, he I mean he's got that that perfect personification of being on a radio or being on TV, and he did a really good job of explaining how it's growing. I mean, he's on free TV now, you know? <laughs> Amen. Um, so, yeah, again, Friday night I thought was very well done, very uh, put together well with uh, speakers. I thought everybody kind of uh, complimented each other. If I could say one thing about the conference, I feel that everything we did here just complimented every – whether it was the discussion I had with Pastor Robert Ionicelli, whether it was just even the way lunch went. Lunch went smooth. You know, everything just complimented each other. It kind of all rolled, and, you know, even you guys staying up late at my house made sense. And, uh, you know <laughs> – Studying all night, four o'clock in the morning all night. You know, I was actually actually you know speaking about Don Preston. I remember last night I posted on Facebook that we were watching Don Preston videos at about twelve thirty at night. You know, kind of hanging out in the house, watching all these YouTube videos, and and compelling each other to you know, and, and really just stretching each other as we you know wound down from the evening, getting ready for church in the morning. That is true. <laughs> that is true. So then Saturday morning, we got into more speakers, right? We had uh, Mr. Norman Neal. Norman Neal presented a, uh, you know, always presents a passionate message and compels us to, uh, you know, see the, the problems with many of the futuristic views. I know today he really harped on dispensationalism. kind of feel sorry for those dispensationalists. So uh, what would you think of Norman Neal's presentation? Powerful. Um, you know, he, he's got that, that voice, and he puts it out there. Um, when first, I mean, it, the, the last presentation he did, fit in perfectly with the first presentation. And, uh, you know, he touches on some stuff that didn't just touch on dispensationalism. I think it goes beyond that, where people are limiting the scope of God's relationship to man. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You guys have only this in mind, only Israel biologically, only in, you know, there's so many issues that that can bring up. And he's saying, no, 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 look, Gentiles are far off. You know, make room in your tent. You know what I mean? Amen. And they that's I mean, they're gonna have to hear every message in this whole weekend. You know, it, you're gonna hear things in this message when you actually are listening that we're actually mentioning from the previous speaker or whatnot. That's why you gotta be here. I mean, Amen. if not for Joe Daniels headlocks alone. You know what I mean? That's a reason Amen. to be here. <laughs> There's actually quite a few videos go uh, pictures going around on the internet of Joe Daniels getting beat up in the church. That's it's rough. I mean, he kind of deserves it. He's been <laughs> reaping it for years. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, Blue Point Bible Church's own Pastor Steve Schilling. He came with a presentation. And, uh, you know, I have to say that I'm always really encouraged by my congregation that, you know, we, we have a, a good bunch here that exhorts each other, that, you know, really edifies each other. I know Pastor Steve leads a Thursday night Bible study that I attend. And I can say that I'm always stretched by some of the stuff that he brings out. And uh, obviously he's always passing along books and uh, something that's pretty common here at Blue Point. And uh, just the wisdom that we have in our congregation alone is something that just really excites me for the glory of God. There's not a person in this congregation that has not approached me and even challenged me. With, there's not one. I mean, and I, I don't find that in most congregations. They're in, they're out, they go home, they don't even ask questions. They're not like, amen, tell me more. And, you know, this is a unique uh, you know, church you have here. And then they've got a, a fanatic, fan and addict, as we saw in the comic, uh, guys, you know, as their pastor. Uh, you, know. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I have to say about, about this church and about, you know, Pastor Steve is uh, when I first, you know, got interviewed to, pa- to take part in the pastorate here at Blue Point, to be called here, 
I remember during my interview discussion, we had talked a little bit about covenant creation. And if you remember today, Norman Neal, he had told us a little bit about the danger of titles. When you put a title on something, you call it covenant creation, you call it preterism, you call it dispensationalism, I mean, all these different titles. And I remember in my interview on the phone, talking with you know the deacons, the elders here at this church, that we, we got into a little discussion about covenant creation. And I, I had said that, you know, I wasn't a uh, hook, line, and sinker covenant creationist. You know, I didn't sell the farm, so to speak, as far as what I understood about creation. And I was very honest in my, uh, my conversation with them that this was something I was being stretched by. I did see some truth in it. I, uh, I was ready to be challenged by it. However, I had not, you know, went into that position. And then when I came here to the church, now being here almost two years, my views did kind of move toward that, that covenant creation perspective. And Pastor Steve, you know, being a diligent man, instead of, you know, kind of, you can imagine in a situation like that, we see it on Facebook, we see it everywhere else, that you put these walls up. You're not willing to listen. You're not willing to be challenged. And I have to say, the one thing that has happened here since I've been at Blue Point is I was encouraged to just continue to grow. You know, and there was questions raised, and I never felt from Pastor Steve or anybody in my church that I was, you know, I had a fear that I was going to be, uh, you know, ejected from the church. And unfortunately, that's a real, a real fear in the church, especially for a lot of preterists, that, oh, no, if I, I get into this doctrine, you know, actually, I want to ask you something about that. If I get into this doctrine, now I'm going to, you know, be carried away into other winds of doctrines. And instead of having that attitude that, you know, uh-oh, our pastor is going into heresy, instead it was just met with, okay, well, let's question things. Let's analyze things. Let's look at what he's saying. And, you know, I really was encouraged in my walk due to Pastor Stephen. I recognized him as an elder to me and somebody that was a little bit more mature in how they would handle the scriptures. You know, us young guys, you got to watch us because yeah. we, we go running. Oh, yeah. So what I wanted to ask you is, you know, me and you, we've talked about that oh, yeah. and how in your life people have recognized that you've kind of, you know, you keep going, you keep moving. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. How has oh, your journey been? Uh, it's been an interesting journey, Mike. Uh, I mean, I I used to pour concrete in the bucket, you know, add water and then I'd have to get a jackhammer, start slamming my leg to get that bucket out so I could put my foot in another bucket, add concrete, add water, solidify, get the jackhammer back out and do it all over again. And so I'm trying to be careful these days exactly what I want to say is affirmatively absolute. And so what I do is now as I go, I shift with wherever the Word of God goes. Like Norman Neal said, you know, we can interpret it all day long, playing you know this, this, that, and every time it's no wonder we learn new things because we have not the know-all. You know we don't have it all. So there's so many discoveries that I'm learning in Scripture that you know we're not the first century apostles where there's this hidden knowledge revealed directly from the Holy Spirit in order for us to canonize you know what's going on from the Old Covenant and they're seeing these things that we're going. How did they see that in the Old Testament? Look at the how in the world do you look at the Old Testament and you go, they're spiritualizing? How do they get that? And that's because they had something we don't. And so we're trying to look back 2,000 years and say, what's this really saying? And I think using the New Testament and checking out how they saw the Old, kind of a balance. You know, you got to look at both. But as I started doing that, I started searching and seeing there's a spiritual aspect of Genesis. There's prophetic aspect of Genesis. There's so much going on in Genesis. And I said, whoa. So we can't have this just plain, are you younger? Are you older? There's much more to this mm-hmm. than that. And I think science doesn't even need to be brought in as an argument. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Right. So whatever your view is on Earth, that's okay with me. 
Right, so you don't see anything wrong with uh, well, one of the things Pastor Robert Ianicelli exhorted the congregation with last night at the end of his presentation was that we need to be careful in going too far. Right. He, he mentioned um, going too far and changing things or, you know, reinterpreting certain texts. However, w one of the things and I re remember his son, Jared, had mentioned during his presentation, let us not be quick to kind of, you know, move away from what we have been taught. You know, and he quoted the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul tells Timothy that, you know, don't go a wandering, as we know, was pretty popular in that first century church environment. They wander after, you know, itching ears and so forth. Would you agree with me that there's nothing wrong with challenging tradition and saying, you know what, I did believe this, but now that I'm, you know, opening up the Word of God and I, I've been presented the arguments for, uh, you know, whether it's preterism or creation, you know, however the creation story is told, um, that is there anything wrong with changing our perspectives on those views? No, I would, nothing at all is wrong with that at all. I see no problem whatsoever with changing time and time and time and time and time again until we die. I literally, th this this is the issue. They throw up that, oh, you're going with the winds and the doctrines, and you're, you know, you're being swayed left and right. Well, tell me when's the last time you met Jesus Christ or one of the apostles. Tell me which church, which denomination, what which, you got. right, which patristic writer, which particulars are absolutely true. You know, tell me which one it is and how do you know that? I just you saw know? Joe Daniels leave the room, so what I'm going to tell you is if you start mentioning about changing your mind on the deity of Christ, he might get you in a headlock. <laughs> just letting you know about that. Just letting you know. Um, <laughs> you know, clearly there's things within the word that we don't change. Right. Right, and that's where the, the preterist is not coming about saying, oh, we're, we're preaching a new thing where we want to challenge every doctrine and we want to demolish every tradition there. I thought something that Pastor Robert Iannicelli did say last night that was beautiful was that we don't have to throw out the creeds. We're not saying throw out the creeds or, you know, I remember Pastor David Curtis had said a while back, you know, don't let them throw, uh, make you throw out your Bible. And we're not saying that. We're, we're not saying that. Instead, uh, what, we're, um, what we're saying is that we're going to challenge traditions. Yes, there, there's nothing wrong with allowing the, the creeds to kind of guide our understanding or to say, you know, okay, well, the church has historically believed this for, you know, 1,500 years, and uh, now we're going to challenge that. But we're going to remember what they did believe, and we're going to look up the evidence that was you know, there, how they established those cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, what, one of the biggest problems is it's not like we're trying to throw everything out because we become, become full preterists. We re-examine everything. And as we re-examine, we realize a different perception than we ever did. I mentioned in my speech, you know, they're looking for Barney, and Waldo is the whole game. You're looking for a, a red and white stripe. In the end, you might realize that as you start looking, oh, here's Waldo, but Waldo, what kind of clothing is Waldo? So you start getting down to the nitty-gritty and the details, and you're like, oh, snap, my perception is changing. So the closer I get to looking at it, it's not even a guy really Waldo. He's actually whatever. You know, you start realizing the deeper you get, i got to kind of re-examine things. And as you re-examine these things, you reaffirm some things that were absolutely true from the get-go that you had already held to. And then other things that may have been true, but you're also seeing it in a new light. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I try to do, and that's why we get called heretics. Amen. You know? but the reason I started asking you about your story was that obviously uh, those that thought you were very vague on your transition, the good news is that they could go and they could watch the video, and they'll get your full testimony that you delivered on Saturday morning. One of the things, as I mentioned, uh, David, Curtis's, uh, David Curtis's message about um, don't let them throw away your Bible is uh, mm -hmm. one of our um, – speakers at our conference was uh, Jen Fishburn, right? And uh, on Facebook, there's a lot of uh, controversy in regards to, you know, Jen Fishburn and a lot of us. You know, I'm a pretty controversial guy. Um, I know Joe's pretty controversial. Um, you know, 
you could be pretty controversial. I know you and Luther Williams are even doing things that I'm kind of not yeah. ready for that yet. You're not, not going to develop bro. that. You're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Jen's presentation because I have to admit this scenario I'm going to be challenged. She did good. Amen. That was a beautiful presentation. And this is not because she's sitting right before <laughs> us in, in the I didn't look. You did. Um, I'm going to have to reexamine everything, too, like I said. Uh, I don't agree with everything she said. You know what I mean? Um, but it's an interesting topic. I'll give you one example. She started with uh, the beginning of time, okay? With Hebrew, in the beginning mm -hmm. of time. Can that be taken? And I like to hypothesize. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm saying I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. See how we test it. Is that the beginning of time as an absolute from nothing to something, some type of time being formed, or is that the beginning of the time of the covenant? Whereas there's the time of the end, you have the time of the beginning. Mm -hmm. So these are questions I like those. I don't know for sure, and I can't say she's wrong. I may say I disagree at this moment because I don't know. So I'm standing on the, on the, the background right now of ignorance and trying to come to knowing. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a great uh, – she was consistent, though. That's mm -hmm. what I have to say. It was the consistency all the way through, and I was kind of worried about you know, where it could have gone, and she corrected and straightened me out on that. I said, oh, awesome. Cool. All right. I did. I, I thought it was a good presentation. I know uh, many people – I know many people in my church, for example, knew, wait a minute. That's exactly the opposite than what our pastor has been saying for like three weeks. So uh, you, you know, it, it did bring me into a challenge, and I'll admit you know, I, I immediately left. Jen was done talking, and uh, we had lunch. I went to Starbucks and I called Jeff Vaughn. I said, okay, listen, we got to talk. I said, uh, you know, Jen just did a very good presentation. She was very consistent. I met people from my church have told me, you know, that was a great presentation. And I said, okay, well, now I, now I need to, uh, you know, you got to give me more bullets. You know, I need more bullets in my, uh, my theological gun here. And, uh, you know, Jeff did. He, he drew out some good insights for me. However, as I mentioned this morning in our Sunday school, some of the insights he, he gave me are things that I'm going to definitely have to study out. They weren't something that I could just come running back here and say, hey, Jen, here, I got a bunch of stuff to kind of demolish your argument. And I believe that's why we have to have humility as we go about these studies and we, we go about our, our uh, details. Um, having the humility to recognize, first off, teaching the truth in love, having love for one another, um, not being so divisive. Obviously, being in yeah. person has allowed for much more of that than what we see on the Internet. Although I have to say, about two speakers ago, I saw Jen already on Facebook. And I said, uh-oh, I got on there. And guess who else I saw? Uh, the gentleman's name. Um, Jen, uh, you're out in the audience. You could remind me. Who's the other gentleman? Corey, Corey Schultz, right? So I was like, oh, here we go. I saw the post. And, uh, and you, oh, it was during Norman Neal's presentation. Yes. And I have to say, though, you know, speaking, just to kind of bring that into the conversation, Norman Neal said some things that I was saying, but no, you know, that's, that, that's not what I'm saying. So now I'm even going further to say, well, now I have to even deal with that because, you know, Norman Neal is drawing out that Noah, the three sons of Noah, <laughs> were the population of the world, right? Which then again would put everybody in Adam, <laughs> if we're you know we're going to take that that reference because Noah descends from Adam. Therefore, if all of Adam's children, Noah's children, are those that are going to fill the planet, then yes, you would have to say that all are indeed in Adam, right? All of humanity, and all were in Noah in that sense too, in terms right. of all of humanity. Well, that was what, and again, Jen's presentation definitely drew that out. <clears throat> she admit that. Very openly, yeah. So that's something, you know, again, one of the things that a conference should bring before us is, yes, we should be like, amen, amen. You know, I, I believe that. That enforced my views. That enforced my views. But another thing we should be thinking about is 
I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to challenge myself, and I'm looking forward to the articles and details that are going to be brought out on Facebook, uh, possibly some of the fights that we get into. And, uh, you know, again, but, but doing it, I think now we're building up one another, and we're recognizing we're going to do it in a spirit of unity and a spirit of love. If there's anything that this weekend proved is that we can have disagreements and still come together. Amen. Uh, especially having Robert, the pastor, come and talk with you. I mean, it was, it, it got a little – there were a few times I was like, come on, everyone clap, okay? Because <laughs> after each person presents, let's just start clapping because I heard one rooting for this side and then the other, you know, Norman Mills Norman going, amen, Michael. <laughs> amen, Michael. Mike, amen. You know, and it's like, everyone, get them, get them. We're already starting to feel <laughs> tension. And I'm like, when they both got done, I clapped. And you, I'm sure everyone, even in this audience and myself, at least had something from his angle. We could go, all right, I'm going to go look at Matthew 24 and I'm going to see exactly where he's either, I see what he's saying and go, I know why. Is he right? Is he wrong? And, you know, test these things. I'm not like retracting back, like, oh, I don't know. Because I've heard similar stuff like that, you know, what he's getting at. Just not at that same stopping point and then, you know, trying to say there's a future no one knows when wrap-up of consummation of everything. And so there's so much, man. There's so much. But we came together. Even with those disagreements, we came together. We prayed together. We fellowshiped together. We loved each other. I mean, is knowledge all it's about? Hope not. If it is, I mean, we're all going to be some, we need to puff up then. Pretty sure, yeah. First Corinthians 13 kind of runs that view, that if it's all about knowledge. So I'm pretty sure it says that the gift of knowledge will cease, you know, all these things will cease, but it will be love that will, will love, faith, and hope that will continue forever. So I, I believe that that should be the focus. And, you know, I have to say, last night was such a blessing to me. To be able to sit down and, you know, have the humility where I can listen, even if I disagree. Um, you know, I can listen. We can all be exhorted. And one of the things, I actually had to step down from the stage during the interlude, and I had to go over to one of the members of, um, of Pastor Robert's congregation, this woman that was sitting right in front of me. And, you know, just her smile the whole time, nodding her head, even if she disagreed with me. She was smiling and nodding her head and agreeing. I actually, his mother was sitting in the front. She's smiling and agreeing with me. And you know what? I went down and I told her, I said, I just want to let you know that your smile has encouraged my entire presentation. I just want to thank you for that. And that was, wow. you know, again, we, we've seen that unity happening here. We've seen the... You know, just a spirit of gentleness. Yeah. Powerful. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love amazing. that, man. There's a balance. You know, and uh, what we saw last night was amazing. Raven was in her seat, like, like just kind of tense, dude. She was tense. She's the one who asked the, the first question that was posed. He was she asked, yeah, she was like, how do I phrase this? And I was like, why that? And they read exactly what I wrote, and then. I was hoping you'd get the idea. Hey, this is a hint that you need to deal with the redemption coming, you know, again for salvation. And so, um, you did I did take that hint, right? Oh yeah, you okay. did. You dealt with it. Everyone who's listening, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the video. You, you know, to be honest about the discussion, though, obviously I'm gonna let everybody see it before I give you know let everything out. However, one of the things that obviously I have had feedback since the discussion, and uh, since we we talked about it a little bit in Sunday school this morning. Pastor Robert, you know, he admitted his humility as far as learning views, challenging his views. I'm excited that I've seen him change some of his views, even as, I, as I've gotten to know him, which to me is a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. we're recognizing that we, we've changed our views. You know, this is, this is a good thing. It's not saying that there's a weakness. It shouldn't be our view to take off someone's head when we're in a, a conversation. You know, it should be, well, let's mutually understand each other, and at least I understand where you're coming from. Exactly. Right? 
what, one of the powers of Pastor Robert Ianicelli's view and the preterist position is that we both see an optimistic future. Although, obviously, with his position, I would have a pro- I would say, well, your optimism is going to end sometime soon. Um, you know that that's the problem because we both agree with an inaugurated kingdom. You know, he said he he has an inaugurated kingdom um, view. Mm-hmm. However. I would say that I have a fully consummated kingdom, so I don't have to sit there and say, well, everything's great, but tomorrow might be really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I could say, no, everything's great, and Jesus, while in the natural everything could be very bad, you know, but fear not, Jesus has overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So I could have that attitude and, and have an optimistic tomorrow knowing that no end is near, no end is soon. Um, I don't need to, uh, you know, have that that fear of uh, Matthew 25, you know, the bridegrooms, the five that were set aside, they were prepared, the five that weren't, and have to constantly wonder if I'm prepared or not. True. Or that judgment seat. You know, that used to be a fear. Yeah, that, that was, was a... Yeah, oh, Hebrews yeah. 9.27, you know, every man's going to stand before the Lord, and, you know, that, that used to put this thing in my mind, well, if the Lord's coming from the clouds and he's looking at me and my depravity, I'm, I'm in trouble. We were both stuck. You guys heard the... Ra- you heard my testimony, so... You already know we're uh, two... Uh, Two guys who've uh, really messed up, and God has done a done a work in. You know, Mike, <clears throat> I can't get over how important it is that we do have unity, because we'll never listen to each other, at least even hear each other out if we can't. So that's why we got these debates between, you know, are you a covenant creationist or are you not? Uh, how do you view these things? If we can't at least unify. Now, of course, believing in these things get emotional and there are certain things i honestly i won't tolerate listening to you know i don't want someone new coming into this trying to see and i think we all agree we're not trying to strip away everything for some folks because if they look at say for example some of the doctrines it's total cessation of everything at 70 AD. that's harmful so you got harmful with futurist ideas okay with oh gosh i live in fear then you have this total I'm nothing. What? What is? I have no. There's no God for me. God there's no me. right. I have no purpose. And so I think there's a balance in realizing what the Bible's trying to teach, and that's what I realized as I started looking into preterism. I saw both ends of that, and I said, "Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers, but I definitely realize that there's dangers on both spectrums: futurism and then going too far, as mm-hmm. we even would call a hyper preterist view." Not to be derogatory, but to say they've gone extremely too far and take everything away. You see what I'm saying? I think one of the, the highlights of the conference here, and, it, and it's been something preterists have been talking about for a while, but it's where are we in the story? You know, that, that has been, I know Jen presented that, Norman talked about that, and that is important for preterists to know, you know, where are we? It's important for Christians to know where we are in the story. You know, forget the preterist thing. It's just important for us to know yeah. You know, where we are contextually, not ripping a Bible out of the, you know, a verse out of the Bible and saying, well, that applies to me. Instead, you know, because obviously you don't know where Paul's cloak is. You don't know where Paul's, you know, writings are. So, you know, we can't just start ripping things out. I actually recently, this past week, I went with a friend um, to another neighborhood and we were at a Spanish store. And my friend's talking to this woman in Spanish and he comes to me and he says, you have to teach me more of the Bible because this woman's telling me that I could just open up the Bible and read wherever I'm at, and that's what God is telling me. And I asked him, I said, well, uh, have you ever looked at a woman with lustful thoughts? He said, yeah. I said, well, if you were to open up your Bible to that verse, it's going to tell you to pluck your eye out. He said, now, are you going to go and do that? 
if that's the wisdom from God in that moment. And he kind of he was like, whoa, that's in the Bible? Like, yeah. Yeah. Jesus said it. <laughs> yeah. So you see the danger of kind of just ripping content. Yeah, ripping things out and applying them to ourselves without understanding the full context of how the original audience would have understood those things. Yeah, I agree. I think really boils down to principles as well, eternal principles. Principles that I have actually become sober by practicing. Things that that cause me to live a life that I would not have lived apart from these principles that are found in the Bible and are now utilized in groups such as Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, some call it a cult because they're like, you call it your higher power. And that's where they go, you know, oh, oh, no. But if you look at the history, which I've read the history, for example, all of the principles are derivative from the scriptures. And when you understand those principles, you realize the principle giver. Hmm. So if the principles are working for me, this is coming from God. God has purpose in my life. Hmm. And I realize that this work, that's why I don't drink anymore. It's not like I won't I'm not saying I could never fall again or end up slipping up and a just man falls and we get back up. But the point is these principles work that there's no purpose for the Bible for us. You know, like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me for some of these people to throw the Bible out. What would be some of those principles you're talking about? Well, number one, humility, okay, of humbleness. Confessing the fact that you are powerless. You're not, I'm, I'm not powerless. Uh, I mean, I'm powerless over alcohol. That's an example. I'm powerless over my addiction of lust or something that may be going on in my life that I can't stop. Amen. I keep doing it. An example is my smoking. I have to confess that I smoke. I need to I need to really make a change, and am I going to do it? That's the real question. Now I'm getting real on the mic. You know? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Then? So I actually met with a woman. I, I believe it's important for us. You know, we talk a lot about doctrine, so let's talk a little bit more about life application and using the Bible in a life applicational manner. So, you know, I agree with you. I see those principles. I believe Jesus, the grace of God, and you know, it, it pulls us together. As I read earlier today. Um, from Second Timothy chapter two, there's plenty of commands there that yes, were to Timothy in his first century context. Yet we know that it wasn't telling only the first century church to diligently study the word. We know that we can use that today. We can apply that to our life. However, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the um, confession and repentance of the things in our lives. Mm-hmm. I had met with somebody a while back that told me that she believed tattoos were sins. Yet she was covered in tattoos. And I said, "Have you stopped getting tattoos?" She said, "No." Okay. She said, well, every time I get a tattoo, I repent. And I, I don't know if that's what confession and repentance is really supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. So when you say you're confessing and you're repenting, are you talking about a salvific repentance or more of a, a life applicational repentance? Life applicational. And, and, and here's the reason. You could say not in a biblical sense of salvific, but it saved me from turmoil in my life. Okay. So I could say not in the technical biblical sense it's called salvific, okay? But in some technical sense biblically, salvation is general, as the pastor made last night. So in a sense, I have been saved from that. Hmm. And so when I say I confess to God is what I'm simply saying, God and man, I say, look, I can't stop. There's a God who's greater than I am who has the power to restore me my sanity. And so the next step after that would be, you know, going to someone because we can lie, we can make a god up in our mind, we can we can create up a, an idea. Well, I, I confess, I'm gonna go drink, I'm gonna go do this, I'm gonna do that. When you tell another human being something about relationships ties into what Norman Neal's talking about, what Jen's talking about, is you tell another human being your faults. 
And then you end up making a list. This is how they do it in, in the 12-step program. You make a list of all the people you're angry at, the people you resent. All these things that cover the sunlight of the spirit, as they call it, mm-hmm. from God shining in your life and making changes. And then at the end, you talk to your guy, and then he goes, all right, what were your faults in that? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, whoa, i got to examine myself. All these things are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. These are ancient principles that work forever. Wait, so you're a preterist that's saying that somehow we can use the Bible for life application? Look at this. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Well, that, you know, that, the reason I, make, I mock that in a sense is that there, uh, there's a large portion of people that believe that you know, we've kind of sold the farm and you know, it's, it's uh, right? And uh, telling you. It belongs to someone else. Um, however, you know, again, one of the one of the verses I tried to use last night in my discussion with Pastor Robert was Isaiah uh, forty nine verse six, where, you know, we agree that yes, the Bible is telling the story of the beginning and the end of that that covenantal story God had with that natural covenant God had with the lineage of Adam or the you know we might call it Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see that there's a, a judgment coming, a covenantal end that happens obviously in the Book of Revelation to that what. You know, some of us may see as the beginning of a covenant in Genesis and then the end. Either or, we all find that God in the end is dealing with that covenantal people. Mm-hmm. So then people, when they, they hear that, they think, so you're saying that I'm not going to be judged by God or I'm not going to be uh, – I'm not going to have a resurrection or, um, you know, all these details. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that that creates a lot of confusion for people because they don't understand how the preterist is saying, no, 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 not taking the Bible away from you, but – we have to be very careful in how we're going about explaining, you know, or executing applicational principles. Simply put, showing how God is faithful to Israel proves how he's going to be faithful to us. Amen. Okay. Amen. Simple as that. We can complicate it. We can, you know, chokehold each other. Huh. You know, whatever. The point is, God is showing his faithfulness in a very small and minor people. He is confounding the wisdom of the world by saying, look at these little people. You're nothing. I'm going to make you something. And you're not going to just be nothing. You're going to be enormous. You're going to grow. You're going to make the world flip upside down. You're going to turn things around. And that's what I see going on. And it's still going on. I think it will always grow. There's always going to be changes. You know, that's what I think the whole point and purpose is, the healing of the nation. Amen. Amen. So, uh, again, we had, we had a power-packed conference. Uh, we had a lot of speakers. A lot of things were drawn out. Um, I, I do believe there's a lot of homework to be done. And I, I'm praying that there's a lot of work to be done. You know, I know that uh, Jen had shared some announcements from uh, TFC Magazine. I know that we have uh, one, there's the new, um, which is awesome, having a place to put notices and um, obviously what's going on in the Preterist movement. And, you know, I've always commended Alan Morton, Tony Denton, a lot of these men that are doing the background work to try to unify the movement. You know, Tony Denton has an amazing resource where, you know, you can reach out to him. You can tell him, hey, I'm in uh, this state or this area, and he'll send you an email of like, you know, three or four people in your area, which is, you know, a great way to help connect people. Yeah. And, and you know, because really my goal for the conference, like, you know, if, if, I, if I have any part here with God, however, also to compel us that now we're learning a bunch of stuff. Let's do something about it. You know, let's see what we have. You know, and I think we saw with this conference that we have a lot. We have people that are willing to travel from San Antonio, people that are willing to travel from North Carolina, um, you know, all over Tennessee, you know, Canada. I mean, it's – we have these resources right in front of us, and what I think it's time for preterism to do, honestly, 
And um, I've mentioned, you know, kind of loosely that I'm working on a ministry called the Power of Preterism Network. And I think it's time to actually network. I think it's time that we work together. And if I may just throw this out there, the reason why. You talked about how, well, you know, and I've mentioned this earlier, the Bible from beginning to end being the faithfulness of God. Yes, God was faithful in his covenant to Israel, and therefore he's faithful in our lives. And we see that being beautifully drawn out by the page of Scripture. Yet we were just presented at the end of our conference with statistics. Mm-hmm. And yet statistics show us that, as one of the statistics was, that um, 79% of you know population, again, I, I don't know all the numerical values of what they had used the statistical you know values, but 79% of our population believes that the God of the Bible is no different than any other God, such as Marduk. What do you think of that? Oh, well, uh, God... See, here's the thing. God is the God of gods. Bottom line. So whatever your view is on the particularities of what, it, you know, Baal, whatever you want to put in there, he is the invisible God. He's the God behind all of this. And I think that's the polemic we see in Genesis 1, where he's saying, I've done all of this. You know what I mean? And it goes up against, you know, what we see in Egypt with all their little deities and stuff. And so he's saying, look, I'm the one. I'm the God of the heavens. So we do clearly see in Scripture with all the different gods and ideas that are out there, he's saying he's the number one. He's the man. You know, he's he's the grandfather. You know what I mean? He's the number one. And, uh, you know, he, he's not denying that there are other gods. You see lowercase g-o-d. Baal, Mosh. Right, we have many. But he's saying he is the truth, the one above all. Mm-hmm. And that's who we should worship. That's who we should love. Because he's the one who sends the rain. He's the one who does all these things. And we still get it today. Amen. Know? One of the things I actually preached about this morning was um, going through Exodus chapter 3 to 14, and you read about the plagues in that um, in, in Egypt. And me and Norman Neal, actually, after the sermon, he came to the back and he was talking to me. And he made a really good point. He said, if you you know if we do the exegetical work, which you know I did some exegetical work, I didn't do the full, um, you know, it's a, it's a Sunday morning sermon. Um, so in the, in the thing, in the details of the plagues in that message, what you see is an attack on the idols and the gods of Egypt yep. being drawn out in that story. And I, I believe we see that all throughout the Bible. You know, again, I, I love the story of Elijah challenging the Baal worshipers, mm-hmm. you know, call on yours and I'll call on mine and we'll yeah. see whose God really shows up. Right. So would you say that the Bible from beginning to end is a polemic against Making a God yourself God, making it a God in your own image, making it you desire, hmm. making a sixth century sixth century religion of a God that doesn't exist. Well, yeah, I think uh, if you will, it's man constantly with his own pride, mm-hmm. constantly rising up. There's names, there's you know this God, that God, but it's it's always this idea of man trying to be, right. and and he's that eternal. You know, it's almost undescribable to put a label exactly on his. So I say he's invisible. He's what holds all things together. He's what we move and breathe and have our being by him. He is that invisible nature of energy and all this cosmos. Everything's held together by him. So how you want to describe that? That was, I guess you could say I just used some type of descriptions of it, but it's unimaginable. And he's beyond all these little things. We can create images. We can do whatever we want. Give it names. He's above it all. You see what I mean? That's what I think is going on. And man has always tried to rise above and make themselves gods. And he's saying, ah, pride comes before fall. Amen. Amen. So uh, <laughs> I have too. Amen. So just 
to you know kind of close up some things, give some last remarks. Again, a lot of the resources from the conference or all the resources from the conference will be made available later in the week. However, I kind of want to close on this because I believe this is something important in our day and age that the Bible is asking the question of. So I, I alluded to this that was a start. You know what I'm. It's a challenge. You know, we see a lot of people. I mean, every day it baffles me that we have people leaving, you know, uh, leaving America, leaving Africa, leaving all, all these regions to go over to this region in the Middle East to be a part of this, you know, cult or, you know, false religion. And um, I believe that what we did this weekend, the power of preterism, actually stands up against that challenge because what it does is, and I actually had the opportunity this weekend to uh, detail that with somebody, sit down and show them how the God, this Allah, is wrong and how it is a false religion that was started in the 6th century. In this book, the Bible is showing you why that's a false religion and is set up on false circumstances, false history, and completely lacks any validity. Uh, you know, if I commented, there's so much I could say, you know. <laughs> so we'll leave it at your right. Amen, amen. <laughs> so uh, we didn't start in prayer, so I'm figuring what we'll do is uh, we'll end in prayer. And Before uh, we end, before we end, anyone who's listening, guys, I know you guys love this, what's going on, Michael on his program. Don't miss him Tuesday. I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot more. But you've got to get in contact with Michael. We need more of you guys to show up. This is so amazing. I've never experienced anything like this. I've never even met another full preterist in, in person other than those that became full preterist because of me. Guys, you got to come out here. got to come to New York. If that means we get together and, and get a hotel group combination pricing, we got to get together, all together, you know, what Norman Neal said, you know, Little fingers, you know what I mean? All of them make a hand, and that's power. So we need to come together and be here in person. It's always better to meet in person because I, I promise you, Facebook, the facade of Facebook is so unhealthy. Amen. So in person, you know what I mean? You know, uh, just to follow up with that, um, I uh, this weekend, I have to say, uh, I met so many, you know, I met more people than I, I've met before. I've met a lot of the full preterists. We've actually led somebody to uh, Christianity this week. You know, we don't, we're not leading people to preterism. We're leading people to Jesus. Amen. But we're showing the faithfulness of Jesus through the story of Scripture. Amen. So this weekend in my home, actually, it was a couple of things. We proved in my home that we could put about 10 people in one house. So anybody that has or needs a room or something, you know, uh, we can fix it. We did it. We had people sleeping on the couches. We had people in the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. People all over the place. Getting into the details, I'm sorry, this actually wasn't Friday night, it was Wednesday night. And um, I left my Wednesday night Bible study, and uh, Ryan and his brother had showed up. And uh, they had a lot of questions, and Ryan's brother wasn't a Christian mm -hmm. before he came to this conference. Wow, yeah. And we, I got to sit back and go through the details of Scripture, show how Islam is wrong, show other religions are wrong, just by the faithfulness of Genesis to Revelation. And it was amazing to sit there and we didn't lead somebody to preterism, that wasn't the goal. Amen. We led somebody to eternal life. Amen. Jesus. He was here all weekend yeah. after that. All Amen. weekend. And he kept bugging. Like, hey, tell, look, man, I, I never, I didn't think the Bible was, you know, even worth reading. And you told me. You said uh, I would have never opened it if it weren't for learning. He said if he never met a preterist, he would have never opened the Bible again. Mm. <laughs> That's wow. the power of preterism. Amen. So a couple of things I just want to close with saying. Last year, my with Pastor Bruce Bennett received right now, I think we're at about 600 views on YouTube. So 
This year, I believe that we have a lot better of a presentation for people to watch, and I'm asking the Preterist community to do everything you can, whether it's writing articles, writing even if you're me out on air, you think I'm wrong. Go and to put video out there on YouTube, and you know, really do everything we can to motivate people to look into this stuff. Let's start. I pray about that video. I want people to come to the understanding of Preterist. Obviously, that's you know, at the forefront of my mind. I believe that's a reformation direly needed in the body of Christ. However, another thing I think that we can get from that video is that we can sit down with one another, we can go through disagreements, we can learn the Bible together, even if we don't have the same view. And I believe we can do it in a spirit of love, a spirit of humility, and just let each other speak. Yeah, as long as they leave believing what I believe, we're good. Amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, brother, I'm going to ask you to end us in prayer, and awesome. uh, we're going to close out our conference. Oh, Heavenly Father, we can call you Father. We thank you for this weekend that you brought everyone here safely, and we pray that everyone gets home safely. We pray for everyone who's program, they're moved, they're touched, to dig into the Word of God and study all the things you've revealed to your people. I pray and thank God for Michael Miano here. You're, you're doing an amazing thing. You're changing people's lives. His ministry is growing, and I, I pray you continue to do so, and that one day they'll need a bigger building because there's not enough chairs. I pray that everyone in here is moved to love God and love their neighbor. Ultimately, above all things, you can unify us and help us to understand what the truth is. But most of all, Lord, help us to love. Ultimately, we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for tuning in, and have a blessed week. And we will end in... When they proposed the earth revolved around the sun, and the earth wasn't flat, and that Jesus had come, it was common belief that those notions were false. And to prove them true, there is always a cost. When I set out to prove preterism was wrong, some beliefs were shattered and it didn't take long. I came across truth that for years I had missed. If you honestly want to know, don't forget this. If you study the culture and the history too, if you see the old as a shadow of the new, when you look at the typology of the high priest and the 40-year exodus at the very least, if you learn the figurative language that they all knew, Stop letting tradition speak louder than truth as you perceive passages and covenant ways and audience relevance takes you out of the place. If you let the time statements speak for themselves and remember the Bible interprets itself. If you take out your presuppositions of when, all the scriptures you thought were obscure now make sense. Daniel was given prophecy for a time not near and its fulfillment took 600 years. When Revelation was written, Jesus stood at the door. Can the time be at hand to millennia or more? The law wouldn't pass until all was fulfilled, and no more unblemished lambs are killed. If he hasn't returned, then we're still under law, and the strength of the sting of death is installed. The gospel was preached to the whole world at that time. They wouldn't finish going through the cities in Palestine. Jesus said John the Baptist was Elijah to come, and foretold that John would remain till it's done. When Jesus said some standing here wouldn't die, is this generation every one that goes by? And coming on the clouds was a figure of speech that meant judgment, and those who had pierced him did see. 
you think that the one standing there will be taken for thinking he was coming in their generation? Or do you think that you're the ones who are misinformed? Let me ask, do you want to know truth or conform? Is it not strange must adopt the mindset of the very peculiar already? Not yet. It's the only way that they can explain because they don't understand the nature of the last days. What's the nature of the new heavens and earth? Perhaps we should see what the old ones were first. If you understand the nature, you'll understand the time. I know it's a shift of the old paradigm. It's like telling the Jews who still await their king that they've missed all the wonderful things God did bring. Like them, we want something that we can observe. A visible king on a throne on the earth. Remember, his kingdom is not seen with these eyes, nor is living water that's been realized. Perhaps you've been drinking with God face to face. There's so much more to discover in this glorious age of grace.